The following program is paid content from the organization Free Your Children. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of Free Your Children and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, LLC, its owners, and management. Welcome in to Free Your Children, sharing truth and love about education. And here's your host, Tiffany Boyd. Hello, welcome to Free Your Children on WKOM 101.7. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and our mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth in love about education. There's a battle raging against the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians six ten through 11. We are excited to announce our new home here at WKOM, and thank you for tuning in. I also want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring our show. If you have storage needs and you are in the Middle Tennessee area, you can contact Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com, and they will take care of all of those needs for you. If you are a new listener and you want to know more about Free Your Children, you can find us on our website at freeyourchildren.com. You can also find us on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, on Instagram. You can email me with questions and topics at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. And I am also a monthly contributor to the Murfreesboro Pulse. I have an author page there. And if you want to read all the articles I've penned to date about education, you can go to their website at theboroughpulse.com. If you are interested in sponsoring the Free Your Children radio show, you can contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com and I'll be happy to send you a sponsorship packet. We are very excited here at Free Your Children about some upcoming events that we will be participating in. One will be February the 6th. We are hosting a rally at the state capitol in Nashville at 10 a.m. The rally will be in opposition to Governor Lee's education plan, and we're going to be diving deep into that in this particular broadcast today. Also, on February the 13th, I will be speaking at Moms for Liberty in Williamson County. That's Tuesday, February the 13th at 6 p.m., and you can find out more about that speaking engagement at Free Your Children and also on the Moms for Liberty Williamson County Facebook group. If you have been following for your children for any length of time, you know why the ministry is opposed to school choice. We have been hosting seminars across Tennessee, and we've been able to deep dive into that with our attendees. If you haven't attended a seminar and you are interested in being able to participate in one, please let me know, and we would love to get one scheduled in your area. Now, for some information that many of you may or may not know about, especially if you are here in Tennessee, if you've been keeping up with education, you may have read that the governor's voucher plan was accidentally posted to the website and then removed. I have attained a a copy of that, and I've read it over, and it is exactly what we expected, and Free Your Children will be monitoring that bill as it moves through the legislative process, which brings me to today's guest. I'm honored to have Jana Belcher of Constitutional Home Educators Alliance join us. Jana has been married to her husband, Ben, for 34 years. They have homeschooled for 22 years with three graduates, and the youngest is still in high school. 
school. Jana and I connected through Free Your Children and the work we were doing in our respective states. And I'm very honored to have you with us today. Hello, Jana. Well, hi there, Tiffany. Good to meet you this morning. It's fantastic to have you on. You and I have been speaking in Facebook land and on the phone for probably over a year now. So I'm really excited to have you on as a guest and to be doing the show. Yes, ma'am. And I look forward to possibly getting to meet you in real life. Yes. That would travel uh, out that way. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And I'm looking forward to that as well. Jana, tell our listeners, I know in your bio, I mentioned that you were a homeschool parent and you are a homeschool veteran. You're you're a dinosaur like me. Yeah, at another radio show I did in uh, Bot Radio, he he called me an expert when he found out how long I'd been homeschooling. And I said, oh, no, no, no. We learn something new every single day. Amen. Especially having having four children. uh, I I won't claim to not have some experience. Obviously, I do have quite a bit of experience and I've worked with lots and lots of families. And uh, that's a joy that the Lord has given me to be able to uh, mentor and work with other families and just kind of pray with them and see what God has called them to do, help them to talk it out Mm -hmm. and figure it out. Um, That's the most important, crucial part of this whole thing is the Lord is calling individuals to um, honor him in the way they raise their children. And if we can just help them see the potential and the calling that they have and honor him with their lives and with their, their stewardship of their children's education Um, If I can help one or two people along the way, then I feel like I've done what God's called me to do. So I appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, Obviously, Satan likes to throw in obstacles all Mm -hmm. along the way. And God has um, also called me to be um, aware of those things and to warn others and to be an advocate for him and for the gospel through home education and protecting that in our state. So. I'm so honored that you would have me come and and share a little bit about who I am and what we do. And as we partner with each other, this isn't just a one state at a time issue. Right. As we talked. And so um, I'm ready for us to kind of get this. Our session starts next week. They Mm -hmm. did have a special session, but our actual regular session starts next week. So I say hit the ground running, but I guess you guys have already hit the ground up there. Oh, yeah. We started in the summer during the special called study session, and we're probably going to be discussing that at length uh, in upcoming shows. We may touch on that today, and and I think that's a term. Let's, let's start with this, Jana. First off, as you mentioned, you homeschooled. Why, why did you choose that path for your family? I think a lot of people, that's a question a lot of people have. They want to know what made you decide on that particular choice of education. And I'm saying that, notice that's code word. I'm saying that yes, choice because we're <laughs> going to dig deep into what the school choice term actually means. But tell our listeners why you chose homeschooling for your family. Absolutely. Uh, we have a very unique situation. My husband and I met in high school, but we um, reconnected in Alaska he was a, we're from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, he was in the military and I went up there to visit my relatives for the summer and we ended up dating again and um, we ended up getting married in Alaska. So his job, I also taught public school for five years in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first daughter and she was about three years old and I just really felt the call to bring her home with me. And so I had taken a leave of absence of teaching so that I could be home with my daughter I was exploring uh, doing daycare or early childhood in my home or things like that. 
when the Lord said, no, I want you to move back to Oklahoma. And so that was our first major shocking, how do we answer the call of God when it doesn't seem possible mm-hmm. um, in our in our married life? And so we just picked up and moved to Oklahoma. He told his employer he was quitting his job. And they said, why don't you do a remote job where you travel back and forth from Oklahoma to Alaska? Because a lot of the employees there work in a very remote location called the North Slope mm-hmm. of Alaska, which is where the oil field is. Right. And so right. he took that offer and we moved to Oklahoma and he commuted back and forth to Anchorage, Alaska, and then on up to Kaparik, which is an oil field. And he has done that now for 26 years. Um, however, in the last four years, they've allowed him to work from home because of all the COVID type stuff, the mm-hmm. traveling. Mm-hmm. So for 22 years, mm-hmm. he commuted back and forth. And during that time, our oldest daughter, you know, matured into being a four-year-old and then a five-year-old. So we had her in a private Christian school uh, near our home. And I had the younger two um, just running back and forth, dropping her off, taking her to all the little extra activities. And at one point, we thought we might be moving back to Alaska. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord Mm -hmm. just prompted me and a friend of mine that we had met. She wanted to homeschool her kids. And you'll be surprised, maybe, I don't know if I told you this, Tiffany, but when I was in uh, sixth through ninth grade, my parents homeschooled me. Oh, wow. No, I didn't Um, know that. So, so yeah, so I already knew a little bit about homeschooling. However, we were evangelists. Mm -hmm. We traveled all over the United States in the Lord's ministry. And so they used what's called a correspondence program Mm -hmm. back then in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they uh, mailed you a big box with all of your books in it, mm-hmm. and you did your your learning with your parents. And then once a month or so, you would send like a quarterly exam or something. So it's basically private school, virtual. Right. It's basically what it was, mm-hmm. correspondence school. Um, now, fast forward back to my own daughter, and I felt like if I brought home her curriculum from the private school, um, I could just follow along and, and we'd be hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. And so that was the original call. Um, of course, we ended up not moving back to Alaska, and I realized later that the Lord had just used that as a uh, a vessel or a tool or uh, to get uh, my heart and mind changed into mm-hmm. the homeschooling area. Uh, we pulled her out in November, right after the Thanksgiving break, and 22 years going strong. We've never looked back. Wow, that's amazing. And, and you just took a leap of faith and let the Lord lead and, and guide your path, and no looking back, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That doesn't mean it was super easy. We've had hard, exactly. hard days. Uh, we've had loss of loved ones. We've had to move several times, you know, move our whole home while we were still homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just had a lot of different life circumstances that happened to everyone. Mm-hmm. But I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed me to do that with my children um, alongside of me. And as a family, we tackled those things together. Beautiful testimony. And I mentioned the term school choice. So that's kind of a catchphrase that has been adopted specifically by conservatives. And I am a conservative. Let's just get that cleared up right before, right out of the gate before we get started. We're going to delve into that a little bit more as we move forward too. But I think that what people don't realize is that we already have school choice. 
We have the choice to homeschool our children. We have the choice to send our children to private schools, or we have the choice to send them to public schools. So we already have school choice. What this term really means is the money follows the child. Or Who's going to pay for it? That's Who's right. For who, that yes. Who is yeah. funding the choice that you choose for education? And so I want to delve into why you, Jana, personally... Of course, I'll be inserting my opinion, I'm certain, (laughs) as we move through. But tell me, why do you believe that school choice is dangerous to freedoms? Well, um, so you're changing back to the the new current uh, vernacular for school school choice. Yes. So um, in Oklahoma, we always tell everybody you have three lanes. You have public, private, and other. In Oklahoma, our state constitution says that we can educate by other means. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a part of our original constitution that was written in there. So we're the only state that has that. Um, What what are we going to do about these homeschoolers? Well, in our constitution, it already told us what we were going to do. So um, I always tell people the exact same thing you just said. Mm -hmm. Uh, We already have the choice to educate our children in three or three different ways. And each of those three main categories have multiple venues of doing it or avenues of doing it. For instance, the public school has charters and it has, um, you know, like parochial or the private school Mm -hmm. has parochial, it has virtual, uh, the public has virtual charter. So there's already all kinds of different um, methods within each category, similar to home education. In the home education category, the thing that defines it is parent led and parent funded, privately funded. Um, So you can do lots of different small choices with a small C mm-hmm. uh, in all of those avenues. Mm-hmm. So the term, quote, school choice, end quote, which has been a marketing tool and a propaganda tool across the nation, simply refers to how are we going to get some of the taxpayer dollars? We can go on and on about where that money comes from and whether that's robbery or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a lot of conservatives believe that as well. Yes. Um, But we can, once the money goes into the coffers, uh, into the state by the, whatever means they take it, whether it be um, a bond or whether it be through our ad valorem or income tax, whatever way it it goes into the state coffers, that's where it gets dealt back out with strings attached. So um, Absolutely. And rightfully yeah. so. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, if my tax dollars are going to the school, um, then I need to be involved and, and vote for the school board members that must represent my ideology. Yes. And, and we demand accountability. What I like. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, I'm not saying it shouldn't hold accountability. Now, later, when we look at some of the current legislation that we're dealing with. Yes. You know, I have some opinions about that. But, um <laughs> So, yes, so school choice is dangerous to mm-hmm. freedom in the sense that we all know where whoever funds it runs it. Amen. And, of course, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people say, oh, um, well, I still get to use whatever curriculum I want because <laughs> they're just giving me a, a coupon and saying I can buy something at this local store or this particular um publisher. Mm-hmm. And if the publisher is okay, then I can buy it. Well, then later on, someone complains and says they bought um, literature that they don't, the state doesn't agree with. And the next thing you know, you have uh, not just laws, but policy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things are happening through policy. Once a law gets passed, different agencies have the opportunity to write and promulgate rules and policy on how that's going to um, 
lay out to the people. And so that is why I would say school choice in large is dangerous. People mm-hmm. think it's a good thing because the, they like the word choice and they think they should have the right, uh, which we get our rights from God, not Amen. from the state. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you put yourself in a situation where um, you're receiving something from the that the, has gone through those coffers, so to speak, and dealt back out, then yes, there will be strings. There will be regulation. Absolutely. So that's the danger. Yeah, that is that is the danger and one that we're going to get into more deeply as we move forward. We are going to pause for a quick break and then we will be right back. Hey, this is Shira Ra with Rubik's Groove, and you're listening to WKOM 101.7 FM. Hello, WKOM and WKRM listeners. My name is Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC in Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my grandfather, Robert Parks, and my great-grandfather, Julian Mays, in 1958, over 60 years ago. Being family-owned and operated, we invest in our community. You'll see our support everywhere you go. Schools, sports, band, and even charities. We invest in our community because we live here and we love this community. Come see me and my cousin, Robert Rogers, at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC right off Nashville Highway or visit us at parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me, painfree.com, or call 615-551-9224. One of our goals at Caledonian is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile, and a wave as you walk past our office or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved. Through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance, Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more, we stay connected to Murray County. This is Perry Bowman with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. School meals help students succeed, improve test scores and attendance, and even fight hunger. Your child could get free school meals, like me. Visit tnschoolmeals.com for more info. Enroll today and learn how your school can reach more students with healthy meals. That's tnschoolmeals.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Justice Center, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. 
Welcome back. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and you are listening to Free Your Children radio show, and we are joined today by Jana Belcher with Constitutional Home Educator Alliance. Welcome back, Jana. Hi. Before we took our break, we were delving into school choice a little bit. We were talking about how we already have choice. We have the choice to home educate, uh, send our children to private schools, send our children to public schools. I also want to discuss a little bit about choice in terms of what we are really discussing, and you said it, it's the funding of that educational choice. So that funding can look like ESAs, vouchers, tax credits, and oftentimes those choices are all one and the same uh, because how those have been manipulated as well. Would that be a fair statement, Jana? Yes, absolutely. Um, Most universal school choice programs, uh, also the term ed choice, which has a trademark name. Uh Um, We've been uh, warning and talking about that for many, many years for those who want to stay um, privately funded, parent-led, and free from government intrusion into their home. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need to not participate with any of those programs. And a lot of states have already had those programs available. So the education for those states has always been to stay out of those programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, For us here in Oklahoma, those programs have not been available but it's been inching closer and closer and closer every year. Right. Starting with charter schools that mm-hmm. had a virtual uh, a component where you feel like you're a homeschooler because you're doing most of your work uh, not in a brick and mortar school. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been taking place for quite some time. And so it inched its way in and people got comfortable with, oh, it's okay. I just have to take a st- assessment or I just check in with the teacher once in a while. Um, So all of those modes and methods are part of this whole choice scheme Mm -hmm. to uh, lure privately funded constitutional home educators into taking the bait, using the funds. And then, of course, they will have your data. They will have access to your children's educational life. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people do not realize that page 17 of the ESSA states that any materials that are being utilized in these programs or private schools or home schools that do take the bait are required to be public school equivalent. So I think parents have the misconception sometimes that they're just going to get this money. They're going to be able to take that money, send their kid to whatever school they want to send them to, that everything is just going to go go ahead as it always has been. They're going to be able to teach what they want, how they want to teach, but that is definitely not the way that it looks. All of these programs that I have seen across the nation that have already been adopted, most of them, what I'm seeing is there's an approved vendor list. So you have to use the services or the educational materials and they have to come from that pre-approved vendor list. A lot of these entities um, and initiatives are requiring parents to submit uh, for reimbursement. And then they decide if the things that you are submitting for reimbursement are actually allowable. I am seeing where they can audit you that if you they feel like you have misappropriated the funds. Obviously, in in some of them that I have read, you could open yourself up to criminal prosecution if they find that you have misused these funds, um, you know, in a way that they feel like violates their program. So it's not right. just going and to, yeah, it's not just going to be money deposited into your account. You can go buy a TV or take a vacation or, you know, do whatever you want to do. 
Right. And even those who wouldn't do those nefarious things, they want to spend it on their curriculum or mm -hmm. their uh, their dance class or their band or the uniform, even those families who have good intentions. Right. The bill that passed in Oklahoma last year automatically had it written into the law that 10% of the families who utilize the program will be audited annually. Mm -hmm. So you're automatically putting yourself in that lotto, so to speak. Right. You're going, you're going to take a chance of being audited. Um, most people who mean well, they, they're, they're okay. You know, like if I get audited by the IRS, I've got all my ducks in a row. Nobody wants to go through that process. So that fact alone, I believe has helped a lot of families that choose not to participate. Mm -hmm. But of course, the next concern that we have is what if you're in a homeschool pod or you share in a homeschool uh, tutoring situation mm -hmm. with another family and the other family gets audited, exactly. um, that automatically puts you at risk. Um, it's also, it casts a, a flavor of turning family against family. Mm -hmm. um, things that homeschoolers have done for centuries and generations of connecting together and doing, you know, science experiments together at a library or in each other's home or at a church and things like that. Those types of things are going to be under a major scrutiny now. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we have a legislation that's being proposed this year that will have those also have to become approved and on the list um, right. if families are using their finances for those those uh, tutors, et cetera. So right. um, it's just very, uh, you know, we warned and warned that if we open this door, it's going to start bringing lots of regulation. And I mean, right out of the gate, hasn't even been six months. Um, here we are with legislation that is going to require every family and every homeschool family to not only have a letter of intent, but with the DHS, yes. which in Oklahoma's Department of Health and Human Services. I saw not that. Not the Board of Education. Right. The Department of Human Services, which is a whole right. and other, so yeah. People thought we were being scare tactic and, oh, mm -hmm. they're going to be in your home. They're going to try to look at everything you're doing. And they were telling us, oh, there's no way that would happen. We're a red state. <laughs> um, now, this bill, we've been told, thankfully, by our conservative legislators that it won't get a hearing this year. It's probably not even going to go to a committee, but it's in writing now. Yeah. And it's it's been filed. And we all know what happens when language gets filed. Right. It's there for historical purposes mm -hmm. and other people can pull it back up and. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely a Pandora's box. Let's talk about, um, you know, I have heard people say, if you aren't for school choice, you have to be a Democrat, which I get tickled by that because I'm thinking the people that I know that are educated about the history of school choice, they are anything but left leaning. And the reason why they are against school choice is because they understand that it leads to extreme government overreach. What do you say to people when they say to you, well, what about the little kids? You just don't want the poor children to have an opportunity to be educated. That's why you're against school choice. Well, all I can do is one thing at a time in my own arena, mm -hmm. and I actually do more than one at a time. I know your listeners don't see the video, but behind me, I have uh, uh, shelves and shelves of curriculum and books, and I've actually um, started through my church um, offering educational resources. Families that had finished homeschooling and couldn't sell them at used book sales were like, I don't want these to just go to Goodwill. So they were donating them to me. And I have a room in my home. I have a room at two rooms at my church with libraries. And we just, 
we offer mentoring and we give books away. But Mm -hmm. there's something about that statement that really bothers me because you cannot legislate the inner desire and need and understanding for doing whatever it takes to raise and protect your children. That is not something that the state or even I can can offer another person. Mm -hmm. I can mentor them. I can pray with them. I can suggest resources, help them with ideas. But you cannot um, turn the heart of someone to understand their right and responsibility and the willingness to be sacrificial in that. Um, There are people who are willing to help those who truly want to get out of their system that they're in, Mm -hmm. no matter what Mm -hmm. that is. If they want out of the public school system, there are people. Now, you may say, people may say, oh, well, what about this rural situation, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, why are you giving me hypotheticals to something that may be 1% of the option, the uh, 1% of the problem? Said, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your reason. Like, Mm -hmm. I always try to put it back on them. Right. If you truly feel like home education is the best thing, why aren't you sponsoring a child Go find someone at a church, find out with a pastor which family here really wants to homeschool, but they can't. Mm-hmm. And then you fund that child yourself. Don't right. put it in a, a 501. Don't put it in a nonprofit group who also receive money uh, from big corporations mm-hmm. who have a reason they want to fund that. That's exactly. another piece of this whole puzzle. There are private, uh, there are uh, corporations who are funneling lots of money into some of these alternative methods Mm -hmm. and they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart for (laughs) philanthropy now a lot of the people that are are donating money are doing it out of the kindness of their heart they don't realize that these organizations are also part of they're part of the um curriculum getting chosen venue um i've heard of people i've heard of curriculum choices being changed and altered so that they can be on a vendor list Mm mm-hmm uh, companies that we know and trust to be very conservative and have biblical principles in their material have now started having some of them have like a secular version and a Christian version of their curriculum so that they could be used by the vouchers, the educational savings accounts and the tax credits in certain states. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's another thing about you said about the children who just won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, these programs that they say are targeting these types of families there are a lot of issues is is the mother who has one vehicle and working full time and the and, and they want to homeschool. But what they really want to do is they want to take their child out of the public school and put them in another better program and have someone else pay for it because they can't. That's what they're being told to do. Mm-hmm. So they're not being told to genuinely, truly bring your children home and homeschool and figure out your work schedule and work around your husband's work or get a babysitter or have another homeschool family help you watch your children while you're working so that you can homeschool them in the evening. Um, That's not what they're being told. They're being told, take the state dollars and take them over here to my new private sort of homeschool sort of, they call them hybrids or whatever. So even though those options are viable for homeschool families to pay a tutor or pay a a co-op to do certain of some of the education, they're being hijacked as the new, uh, I'm homeschooling, but they're really not. Right. So yes. I, I, I hope that covered the gamut. <laughs> it did. And I think a it's, little bit. It, it did. And I think it's really interesting because the same conservatives, and I wrote about this recently for the Borough Pulse, but the same conservatives that recoil, you know, at socialized medicine, universal health care, um, programs that, you know, are, are welfare 
essentially. They are for school choice, which is educational welfare. And they haven't been able to, in their minds, connect the dots as to why they're connected. And I think that we really need to have a conversation as well about approved curriculum that will be on vendor list and mandatory standardized testing. Well, that particular, when a, when a child takes a standardized test, those standardized tests are created around the curriculum. And it's a big, huge, huge business. So in our government schools, they teach that evolution is fact and that the Christian faith is a lie because there is a religion taught in public schools. It's just a humanistic exactly. religion. <laughs> exactly. It's secular humanism. Exactly. It's secular humanism. Exactly. Yes. And so if... These entities, whether it be a homeschool, a private school, uh, a charter school, um, a, a hybrid or, you know, whatever the flavor of the day is, so to speak, if they are required to choose curriculum from a vendor list, you better believe that that curriculum is going to be in line with what the government says they have to teach. And it's going exactly. to be a mirror of what is currently being taught in public schools. Right. So we schools. have been saying for years and years with Constitutional Home Educators Alliance, we were founded based on this concern. And one of the things we've been saying for years is their goal is to turn private schools and homeschools into public schools. Absolutely. It's the whole because their goal yes. is to have every child counted. And, and yeah. even some of their propaganda um commercials and things will say right out what their goal is yeah none of this is child counts yes you're exactly right none of this is hidden and i think that people think that this is some big conspiracy theory no it isn't they have been clear about their goals from the very beginning the whole goal and the history behind school choice is to globalize education it's to destroy true private education and make all education government controlled that is exactly right. And it's part of the workforce ready. It's yes. part of the um, industrial. Um, we're going to control <clears throat> where you drive and how you yeah. <laughs> move about in society, how you spend your money. Yes. Um, it's it's very, very much tied to the tracking, uh, data collecting and tracking. Absolutely. I do a um, really deep dive into this in my seminar that, you know, I think the last one we held, it was over three hours long where we did, and, and we still just barely scratched the surface because this has so yes. many tentacles and people just don't realize it. We've been sold a bag of lies <laughs> with something that sounds really good on the surface, but when you really start doing the research as to what is behind this, you really see that there's a nefarious plan to create wonderful little global citizens because that's the goal. Exactly. And from the public school side, they're doing it through things that sound helpful and mm -hmm. generous, like the community school rooms, yep. community. They want to have a garden and they want to have the doctor's office and the mm -hmm. mental health and all the things right there at the school. And that's also telling families that we, you know, that, that those decisions don't happen in the home. They exactly. happen in the, in the school. Yes. Their goal so is to replace. It's definitely, uh, replace it's, it's definitely um, looks like all avenues are coming together. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to remind families of their God given rights and responsibilities to educate their children free from government control. Absolutely. And, um, Jana. Now, Let's talk a little bit about this, because I know that in your state, the right to homeschool is written into your constitution. Do you feel that homeschoolers, because of that, think that they're insulated from a lot of the government overreach? Well, I think it may be an unintended um, feeling because we have had such uh, 
good experience, I would say, this last two years with this the first year of the school voucher um, that we actually got stopped in mm-hmm. the Senate. And then this last year where they passed the universal school choice through a tax credit, mm-hmm. uh, parental choice tax credit program. Um, I think families are kind of starting to say, oh, no, they don't, <laughs> especially with the, we have a, a bill that a senator wrote that's going to require um, that you not just notify the DHS if you're homeschooling with mm-hmm. a letter of intent, but every adult that's going to have any kind of um, input into your child's education. And it simply, it literally lists out things like pod schools, micro schools, tutoring. And I'm thinking that's going to chase away all the resources that we've had um, developed on our own. The, the, the true conservative ones are going to say, uh-uh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Right. Um, of course, the ones who've already sold out to being a vendor for the public school system through virtual charter schools and their vouchers, they'll welcome those, those dollars and those children over to their, their programs. But I think we're going to see a big dividing line. And I do have a lot of families that tell me every single day, thank you so much for what you're doing to make people aware and for fighting for our freedom. So I do I do feel like we're appreciated mm-hmm. and that most privately funded parent-led homeschoolers recognize the freedom and they're thankful for it. Um, I do feel like that um, the last couple of years when we've had these really big statewide bills that have gone on um, that have been in the regular mainstream news. So we've been fighting these for years, but they right. don't usually get on the big media. Right. But, um, you know, when when governors and, um, and board of directors for your secretary of education and people like that are are using that as their main goal to get reelected, et cetera, that that's what makes it a little bit more uh, in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So, and quite frankly, I don't think a lot of non-homeschool families even realize the freedom we really have. And in some ways, that's a little scary too. Because yeah, can you? There are people out there who think we should be monitored and right. regulated. Yes, tell um, tell those that are listening how can what do you need to do in Oklahoma to legally homeschool? Because if you are listening to this and you're not familiar with homeschooling, the laws vary by state. And so, what does homeschooling look like in Oklahoma in order to be able to legally homeschool? Well, currently in Oklahoma, you you just raise your children and you <laughs> educate them according to what the God God calls you to do. Beautiful. You do not have to sign in anywhere. You don't turn in any records. You don't have to go register with the state. Like my my children have never been, um, as far as the educate Department of Education is concerned, they don't they don't know my children exist. Now, if you are already in a public school program, then you simply write a letter of intent to remove them. Um, we have some wording available at um, constitutionalhomeeducators.org. Um, we also have HSLDA, which is a national program that tells each state. They kind of analyze each state's laws on homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sample letter, but we just tell them, once you pull your child out of the program, you don't have to tell them anything else. And that's the current state of affairs here. And as we know, they're trying, you know, if you take the tax credit, they're trying to pass bills that are going to make that a lot more regulated and stuff. But those who are not taking any funds and who are constitutionally home educating their children right now, uh, we don't have any, any regulation. Now we do, it does say we need to follow um, the same academic um, many hours, 180 uh, days of school Mm -hmm. or 1,080 Mm -hmm. Carnegie hours. We do not turn those into anyone. We build our own transcripts according to what our children did. 
Uh, we talk to the college that we're going to to decide um, which subjects we want our children to cover. Um, so they don't, if they don't go to college, we simply put them through the program that we delve necessary for that individual child. So our homeschool is completely governed by the family and the parents. You definitely have a lot of freedom in terms of your educational choice there in Oklahoma. Absolutely. And we're so thankful to God for it. Absolutely. Well, a blessing. Yeah, it is a blessing. And, you know, more state, I'd love to see more states adopt that model that Oklahoma has. And we're going to jump into um, a lot more information regarding some bills that have currently been filed in Oklahoma that are threatening your freedoms. And I look forward to going, delving more deeply into all of these topics. We are going to take a quick break and we will be back with our guest, Jana Belcher from Constitutional Home Educator Alliance when we come right back. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Are you looking to turn your car into cold, hard cash today? Don't look any further than Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. You probably know us for selling cars, but did you know we're in the business of buying cars? That's right. We buy all makes and models at top dollar every day. Show up with your car and leave with cash. It's that easy. Stop by today to get a written offer on your vehicle. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia is family owned and proud to serve our community. You can count on us. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people, the place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Terry registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Debbie Matthews with the Nashville Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying, and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs. And I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224. Columbia's own 8th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Triple Header returns on April 2nd at the Ridley Sports Complex. Columbia Central versus Spring Hill at 10 a.m. Then it's Columbia State versus UT Southern at 1.30. And at 5.30, the Lady Volunteers face off against the Memphis Tigers. Tickets are available online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Tickets are $10 and good for all three games. The Mid-State Classic, April 2nd. See you at the game. Welcome back to Free Your Children Radio Show. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and I am joined today by Jana Belcher of Constitutional Home Educators Alliance. We are glad you are tuning in. We were just 
delving deep into a discussion about school choice in our states. Jana is in Oklahoma. We are here in Tennessee. And if you are in Tennessee, you may or may not be aware of the fact that Governor Lee is getting ready to, it's his education plan, which is essentially a voucher bill that is going to be filed soon. It was leaked. um, And so I have a copy of the skeleton bill that was apparently filed by Senator Jack Johnson. And I've had an opportunity to look over that bills have been filed you know all over the united states it, some have passed already uh, some are have already gone into effect janice state of oklahoma had a universal uh, school choice bill filed last year right Jana? um yes ma'am it was actually called the parental um choice tax credit plan mm-hmm. but it is a voucher components of it are a voucher now what they did was they tied together the private school funding with a little uh, additional part for homeschoolers mm-hmm. so we've had to really be careful and go through with fine tooth combs there were 11 bills filed that would um regulate and tweak i guess this particular bill that they passed last year mm-hmm. And we have found at least three of those that directly relate to the home education portion of that voucher bill. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason we have to be very uh, open about that is because it's a refundable tax credit. So if your family does not pay in taxes, but you want to turn in receipts and receive the tax credit, you can still do that. And that's that's what makes it a voucher. Um, So, yes, we fought hard against that. Um, Two years ago, there was a voucher bill that was called, um, I don't even remember the name of it now because we just kept calling it the voucher bill, Uh but uh, everybody knew that and all the legislators knew that and they were like, oh, well, what if we did a tax credit? And um, they just changed the name and kept the language the same, Mm -hmm. had different authors file it, and then they went into special session and it went back and forth between the Senate and the House. And uh, we didn't know what they were going to come out of on the other side. I think the governor even stopped uh, hearing. He stopped signing anything for mm-hmm. a while. I forget what they call that when you, I'm not the most politically um, studied, but I'm experienced with going up there and telling them what we want and don't want. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so they finally they finally came to a joint agreement and. Uh, many legislators hadn't even seen the final draft of the bill, but they had an agreement. Mm-hmm. I was there that day. I saw the governor as he was on his way up to the meeting. And I just want your listeners to know that I voted for for a lot of these uh, people that I'm talking about. So I am not their enemy. I'm not um, saying that everything they do is wrong or bad. Right. But on this particular right. issue, it is expansive government. It's a progressive Mm-hmm. ideology it is not conservative right um to put government funds into private education whether that be a private school or a home school because now you have a monopoly on all of the things that happen the mm-hmm. government will have a monopoly on everything that happens just like with insurance just like with um when you have child care that's only paid for uh by I told people this all the time. My oldest daughter, I wanted to find an in-home daycare mm-hmm. and they were making, they were making all kinds of rules, change their diaper at a certain time, make sure they all drink milk. And my daughter didn't drink um, regular milk. Um, just all these rules. And I kept saying, can I not find an in-home daycare that does not require all these things? And they all told me it's because they, 
they take vouchers for right. the other children. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what's going to happen to our educational sources is if they take the vouchers, then the type of education that they're used to will not be there anymore. And right. I say that even for our homeschool sports and mm-hmm. our homeschool you know, bands and things like that, because now, first of all, the families are not sacrificing and paying it for it themselves. And the children kind of feel like, oh, my mom and dad made me come to this instead mm-hmm. of I really, really want to be there. And they helped develop this brand new softball team just so I could play softball. There's a whole di- there's a whole bunch to it, more than just the actual curriculum that's being taught. Absolutely, so. there is. And in the state of Tennessee, the majority of homeschoolers are considered legally private school private private school children because they register under the umbrella school category four option. So legally, they are considered private school students. And private schooling and homeschooling those are still the last frontiers of freedom. They are still 100%. Yes, absolutely. We are still able to operate free from the government entanglements. And that's what's so scary about this is because if we allow this Trojan horse into the arena, we are effectively destroying true private education because we will not be able to unhitch ourselves from the strings that are attached to those monies. And so a lot of people do not understand that when we're talking about school choice in our state, in Tennessee, but it really applies to all states, vouchers, ESAs, tax credits, they're all really one and the same. And it's just a form of funding of education so that the government can get its tentacles into those last frontiers of freedom and that's the reason why we're sounding the alarm and you spoke just just while we were just speaking right now when you were you were talking you were mentioning um, some things that those vouchers or tax credits or whatever they're calling the program could be used for and in my hand I am holding the skeleton uh, bill that we think is going to be filed soon um, with our legislature. And it speaks to those things. It's talking about um, funds that may be used subject to department approval for things such as tutoring services, uh, tuition fees, textbook, curriculum, instructional materials, summer academic programs, and specialized after-school academic programs, which, again... That language... That yes. language is almost verbatim yes. the one that passed last year. Yes, and that's yeah. the reason. I would like Yeah, I'll send it. you, I will send you a copy of that. And that's one thing that I want people to understand about Free Your Children in this radio show. The reason why we highlight what's happening in other states is because what is happening in one state, we're not on an island in the United States. What is happening in one state will eventually affect what it, you and what is happening in your state. So that's the reason why we want to keep our listeners and our followers educated. Jana, I want to make sure that we have time to discuss some legislation that's been filed in Oklahoma that is very concerning. So let's go over that quickly. I definitely want to make sure I get that in. You talked about it earlier. You said that this particular legislation that was filed was, going, was attempting to require uh, homeschoolers to register with DHS, the Department of Human Services. So we're not even talking about the Department of Education. They're going in for the kill <laughs> with this legislation. I mean, when I read it, I was just blown out of the water. So you know it better, and I want you to explain to our listeners exactly what's going on with this. Well, you know, basically it's, um, you know, the, the person who wrote it um, is a Democrat, mm-hmm. and um, it 
so everybody's telling me that, oh, it probably won't get a hearing. Um, it might not even make it to get assigned to a committee. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to worry too much about it. And I said, well, it's not over till it's over. And we will be up there sounding the alarm this in, in a week. Uh, but it's it's really just very draconian. I mean, it's requiring certain information of a, a letter of intent. It's mm-hmm. requiring that if you change uh, programs within your homeschooling, like uh, you're using a co-op or, or a hybrid or a um, some type of tutoring service, every adult that's going to be working with the child in any kind of educational form would need to be listed. Mm-hmm. Every adult that's in the home, because now your home is a school. So uh, we were told this um, a few years ago from a friend who moved here from Washington that during the COVID crisis, they were doing Zoom school and the child was in their dad's office and there happened to be a gun rack or uh, a head of an animal that he had shot in the in the Zoom picture. And the, the teacher called DHS and said, uh, I don't think that's a safe environment for the child to do school in. Mm-hmm. And so this is the type of stuff we're talking about in this bill. Um, they want to come in and do a background check. Um, and then they will, It's I'm reading the summary, it's directing the department to maintain a system of biannual checkups. They can't instruct in the home if there has ever been a case opened with DHS. So a lot of people are saying it was just directed to the families who already have a case. And one of my arguments to that was, well, then they're already being reviewed for whatever reason they got sent exactly. uh, have a case open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this opens the, we all know this opens the door for a grandparent, a cousin, a neighbor that's mad at you, mm-hmm. um, you know, a vindictive type business part relationship mm-hmm. that you have. Someone could just call and say, you know, the children are running around outside and I don't think they're actually doing school, mm-hmm. which does happen. Mm-hmm. And currently, yes, Currently, it just gets kind of blown, you know, laughed at, like, mm-hmm. leave them alone. They're just homeschooling. Mm-hmm. But under this new bill, if it were to pass, um, all of those things would be required. Um, so there's a lot of things that are very concerning about it. Uh, all the way at the end, it's called um, House Bill 4130, mm-hmm. if anybody's wanting to look it up. In the very last few pages, there's a ton of red flags. Just uh, all of the pod school, micro school that's collecting data on all of our privately um, organized support systems that we've been developing over the years. Mm-hmm. And over the last mm-hmm. five to six years, I've noticed a heavy increase in um, in these pods and hybrids and whatnot because as well. families Here are getting today. fed up and they're mm-hmm. wanting to help each other. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than our co-ops uh, have were in the past. But the yeah, so this bill itself is just very... Any change that you make, you'd have to register with them. Um, I just I just feel like it's so initial background checking on the parents, other adults in the home, any other adults assisting with the schooling, um, and they have to maintain a system for that. So just like anything else, this is government expansion. There's no way they could cover all of that work and all of those positions with as many homeschool families as I know personally, not to mention how many must be all over the whole state. Um, I don't know how DHS could handle that type of workload, Right, to be honest. Yeah. Who's going to do all the paperwork? And so they will be using some sort of electronic system if they were to pass something like this. So exactly. That's well, just one of them. The others are all, the other bills that we're concerned about all have to do with the tax credit that passed last year. 
um, making sure that people get audited, making sure that the materials that they're actually purchasing with their $1,000 tax credit were a bona fide educational expense. Um, there's no not a whole lot of reason to go line by line on those because the concept is the same. Mm-hmm. If you turn in your receipts and take a tax credit, which some of which are a voucher and a refund back to the family, um, then these bills would tighten that up and put all the strings attached that we had warned about to begin with. Right. So our number right. one warning, our number one warning is don't take the money, <laughs> period. <laughs> exactly. You, hang, you know, if it's hanging from a, a, a carrot from a pole in front of you, then that's, it's a big red flag and a big warning. Yes, we are reiterating that warning here in Tennessee. Do not take the money and have discussions with your representatives about why this is dangerous to true educational freedom in the state of Tennessee. Janet, tell our listeners how they can find you. How can they find Constitutional Home Educators Alliance? Um, So we are on the web at www.constitutionalhomeeducators.org. We also have a a Facebook page that's pretty active under the same name. And we are having a legislative impact day at our state capitol, the state capitol of Oklahoma, on February 12th from 9 to 2. So anybody, any of your listeners, um, if I get the link, we may have some listeners uh, from Oklahoma tuning in. That would be great. We'd love to have people join us there. Our number one goal is to pray with each other. Thank God for our opportunity to raise our children according to the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Pray for our legislators as the Bible commands us to. And then give information to them that shows who we are and what we're about. And that we are um, living, breathing people that want our freedoms. And we we expect to uh, honor our rights and responsibilities with our children. And that they don't need to put these um, tight measures on us that we are fine and we can do well. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I will have your information linked over on the Free Your Children Facebook page as well, Jana. Thank you for all the work that you're doing there in Oklahoma and for all the work in general that you do helping us continue to fight for educational freedoms across the United States. Uh, We're stronger together, and I do appreciate all the partnerships and friendships that I have been able to make with Free Your Children along this journey. I do want to take the time to thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring our show. And I want to leave the listeners with this. With man, it it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Mark 10, 27. We love you here at Free Your Children, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Jana. It was a pleasure as always. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee, 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. 
more high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager at Columbia Ace Hardware. We have changed our store hours to better serve our community. Columbia Ace Hardware is now open from 7 to 7, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 4 on Saturday, and closed on Sunday. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us show you customer service that can only be found at Columbia Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.